0: Well, thank you for being here today. For those of you who are our guests, I especially want to say we're so delighted to have you. I trust that you're going to be blessed by being here today. For those of you who are watching right now online, we welcome you to the service as well. Uh, it is, uh, we are honored that you would tune in and that you would watch us, whether you're watching the live stream or a recording later in the week. We, we're really glad that, uh, that you're joining with us today. I wanna talk to you today about what I believe to be one of the most important truths that you as a believer in Jesus Christ need to ever come to understand. I wanna talk to you about how God has uniquely created you and that God has something he wants you to do, that's why he created you, and that he has given you gifts supernaturally so that you might fulfill the purpose for which he created you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the scripture says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See the word handiwork there? We are God's handiwork. The Greek word there is poema. It's the word from which we get our word, poem. And it really means a masterpiece. In fact, some Bible translations will will translate it work of art. The word means that God created you unique. What makes a masterpiece, you know, you don't mass produce masterpieces, right? I mean, a masterpiece is a unique work of art. And that's what God has done with you. And it says, for we are God's work of art that he has created in Christ Jesus. The word created there in that verse is a word that is only used when referencing something God does. So God has uniquely worked in your life to create in you a masterpiece. And that means that God has made you unique. You're not like anybody else on the planet today or anybody else that's ever lived. No one's exactly like you. And you're not an accident. You're not a mistake, no matter what someone may have told you in your life. You were created by God. And God gave you your personality. Some of you are extroverts. Some of you are introverts. Some of you are somewhere in between. Some of you um, really are energized by being around people, and some of you are sort of drained by being around people, and you get energized when you get alone. One is not better than the other. They're all created by God. You were given certain skills and certain gifts, certain talents. But God has also allowed you to, be, to grow up in where you grew up and you have a certain culture and you have a certain background and you have a certain life experiences. And when you put your life experiences and your cultural background and your personality and your unique talents and you add those together, with the unique spiritual giftedness that God has given to every believer. It makes you unique. And it says God created you as his masterpiece because he has some good works that he wants done that he has already in advance planned for you to do. So what I want to talk to you about today is that God has created you for a purpose. There's some things he wants done and he has created you, made you to do it and he has given you some unique spiritual gifts so that you might be able to fulfill the purposes for which he has for your life. So God wants you to know where you're gifted and to serve him where you're gifted, because that's what he made you for. That's what he created you to do. Now, a lot of Christians, true believers in Jesus Christ, are really not serving him very actively. In fact, probably it would be true that most believers are sort of spectators at church. They come, they sit, they listen, but they don't really serve. And one of the reasons for that is I think a lot of Christians have believed a lie. A lot of Christians believe that they just don't have any gifts. I cannot tell you how many people through the years I've talked to, and they'll say something like, oh, you know, when God was handing out the gifts, he just skipped over me. He ran out before he got to me. And I just want to tell you today that that is a lie from the enemy designed to keep you from fulfilling the purposes for which you were created. If you are not serving, I want you to get this. If you aren't serving the Lord by using the gifts, the spiritual gifts that he has given you, you are not going to fulfill the purposes for which you were created. But one of the most liberating, joyful Motivating truths you can ever learn is when you learn what it is God has gifted you to do. So I want to talk to you today: What is God gifted you to do, and how do you how do you decide that? How do you discern what that is? There are some very tangible ways that you can know what God is doing. For some people, they're not serving the Lord because there was a time earlier in their life when they were involved in church, maybe very involved in church, and they got involved in a ministry, and they sort of got drained by that. They worked really hard, and they got tired, and they just felt like nobody was helping, and they couldn't get out, and they felt like that they were just in that for life, and they, they just, until it drained them to the point, they just had to quit. And now, they're sort of scared, that if I ever really got back involved again, the same thing would happen again. So many believers sort of hold the church as a little bit, you know, with, at, at arm's length. You know, I, I want to come, I want to participate, but I don't want to get too close because if I get too close, somebody has suck me in and then I'm back on the treadmill again and I can't get off. Well, that's not God's plan for you. When you serve God where you're gifted to serve God, You're not drained by it. You're energized by it. Would you serve God where he's gifted you to serve him? When you get through, I don't mean you're not physically tired, but you will be spiritually refreshed. You'll be excited about it. You remember the time that Jesus is at the well in Samaria? His disciples have gone into the village to buy food, and when they get back, they see him. He's talking to this Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And so they, they have some food and they say to him, Lord, you need to eat something. And he says to them, I have food that you don't know anything about. What's he talking about? He was talking about the fact that when he was doing God's plan, God's work, it supernaturally just energized him. And so when you are serving where God's gifted you to serve, it will, it will energize you. You'll be filled with joy. Now, you'll get physically tired. You might have to go home and take a nap. I do that every Sunday afternoon if I can. But when you're serving the Lord where you're gifted to serve, you're energized. You're not drained by it. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. How do you know what God wants you to do? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 4, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. That's what that word means there but it's the same spirit who distributes them. There are different kinds of service, or the word there's ministries, different kinds of ministries, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, or that means different kinds, different ways God uses people in different ways. But in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, so does Does that include you to each one? The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So that's really what a spiritual gift is. It is the area where God has, the Holy Spirit, has supernaturally chosen you. And he says, I'm going to manifest myself through your life in this certain ways. He gives you a gift, and so he shows up in your life through those ways in a special way. And he says to each one, to each believer, there is given that manifestation of the Spirit. But he gives it to us for everybody's good, for the common good. It is for the building up of other believers, for the, the building up of the church. So every one of us have been given spiritual gifts so that we might fulfill the good works that God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So what are those spiritual gifts that God's given to you? How would you know that you're given those spiritual gifts? In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace and its various forms. So a spiritual gift is the way that God the Holy Spirit specifically chooses to work through your life to administer grace to other believers, to other people. And every one of us have been sovereignly chosen by the Holy Spirit to to work through you in a unique way. Now, God's not only made you with different personalities and different life experiences, but even the spiritual gifts that he's given to you, he can can manifest them in so many different ways. So in 1 Corinthians, he says, you know, there, there are many different gifts, but it's the same spirit who gives them. There are many different ministries. So let's just take, for example, let's say the person has a gift of teaching. Well, maybe maybe there are multiple people in this room who have the gift of teaching, but some people may say, but you know what? I really feel like I'm gifted to teach children. Another person may say, well, I'm gifted to teach youth. Another person may say, well, I'm gifted to teach adults. Another one may say, well, I really feel specifically to, to, to teach women or another, a men's group. And so you have these, maybe the same gift, but it manifests itself in different ministries. And then there's just different ways that God uses them. Maybe some person says, well, you know what, I really, I really like to teach, but really I sort of really get energized when I'm sort of doing one-on-one coaching of people. Another person may say, well, I really enjoy working with, you know, two or three people, sort of a, a smaller, sort of a micro group of people. Another may say, well, I enjoy small groups. Another may say, well, I enjoy teaching larger groups. So you can have spiritual gifts that function in different kinds of ministries in different kinds of ways. God has made you unique because there's something he wants done in the world and he created you at this moment in time who you are, gifted you so that those things might be fulfilled. And if you're not serving God where you were gifted, then you're not going to be able to fulfill the good works that God created you for. Can you imagine the day comes when you and I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ? If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're standing there, he's not going to talk to you about your sins. That's the best news I've ever heard in my life. When Jesus was on the cross, he was judged for your sins. So your sins, as a believer in Christ, your sins are completely gone. There's not even a record of them anymore. That is great news. But when you stand before Jesus, he's going to talk to you about these good works that he wanted you to do. What did you do with your life? What did you do with the gifts that I gave you? What did you do with the opportunities that I gave you? With the time that I gave you? With the resources that I gave you? What did you do with all of that? And that's what we will give an account for. You don't want to stand there one day and say, well, I didn't fulfill the purpose for which I was created. Is there anything that you could have done in this world that will matter more? Do you think there will be anything that you could stand before Jesus Christ one day and he says, okay, what did you do with the gifts that I gave you? Well, I didn't use them, but Lord, let me tell you what I did do. Uh, you know, I built this great business, and, and the Lord says, well, what, what's that business doing now? Well, it didn't last forever. Is there anything that you'll be able to say to the Lord that you gave your life to that will be more important than what he created you to do, what he gifted you to do? So it is really important that you find out, what am I gifted to do, and then do that, serve him. So how do you discover what that is? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, To each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So that means the Holy Spirit, who is in every child of God, is going to be manifesting or making clear in every one of the children of God, He's going to manifest in a certain way. That means there's going to be certain things He's doing and showing up in your life. So when you see these things in you, then you will know this is where he's gifted me because here are the evidences, okay? So let me give you four questions that if you will answer these four questions, it will help you begin to identify the work of the Spirit of God in you and you will know where you're gifted. So question number one to ask yourself, what is it that you see that really matters to you. You see that it needs to be done. It's a need. You see it. You recognize it. And you think to yourself, that's really important. Somebody needs to do something about that. It may surprise you, but not every Christian sees the same thing you do. We have a tendency to think that we all, you know, we will look at at maybe a glaring need in the church, and we will look at that, and we'll go, Well, everybody knows it's there and nobody cares. Well, maybe nobody saw it but you because you have the gift. You see, a spiritual gift, one of the ways the Holy Spirit manifests is he brings things to your attention in the area that you're gifted. It's like a set of spiritual eyes. You see things that people without your gifts don't see. Or maybe you may see some things, but it doesn't really matter to you that much. You you don't think it's really all that important. But the areas where you're gifted, you'll be aware of it, and somehow it sort of weighs on you. We call that when something sort of weighs on your mind, it weighs on your heart, we call that a burden. It sort of weighs you down a little bit. So God will reveal, so you will see something that needs to be done and it sort of matters to you. This is important. And we all are gifted differently on purpose. If the church were made up of a group of people who all had the same spiritual gifts, then we would have one thing that we're all gifted in that, boy, we really, we're good at that, but we're terrible at everything else, right? But God gives a variety of gifts so that, each person doing their role in the body enables the body to have their needs met and the people grow and the church is healthy. So God makes us different by design. But you would be amazed at how many churches have divided and how many churches have had problems through the years because they didn't understand the dis- diversity of gifts. So maybe in a business meeting, they're trying to decide what to do with that extra $100. And somebody over here with the gift of evangelism stands up and says, well, I think we ought to take that $100 and we ought to go buy some Bibles and go hand them out in the neighborhood. And another person over here may, with, maybe with a gift of mercy may say, well, you know what, we got a lot of hurting people in our church and we need to take that $100 and give it to those hurting people. And maybe somebody with a gift of teaching may say, well, you know what, we need some more literature for our children. And, and if we're not careful, we can butt heads over those things without realizing that we're different, we see different things, and it's important to us because that's one of the ways the Spirit of God manifests in our lives. Let's suppose that you're a part of a small group, and one day in one of the small groups, all of a sudden, a young mother walks in. She's got a couple of small children with her. You can look at her and tell that she's stressed. Her eyes are puffy and swollen. She's been crying. And as you begin to inquire about what's going on, she tells you that her husband has abandoned her a few weeks ago and she doesn't know what in the world she's going to do. And she's just absolutely distraught. Now you've got a group of believers in this room, all of them with different gifts. A person with a gift of evangelism would probably look at that young woman and think, I wonder if she knows the Lord. You know, without Jesus, you know, All the other problems in her life, the biggest problem she might have is she doesn't know the Lord. A person with the gift of teaching might think, you know what, that young woman really needs somebody to come alongside her, put their arm around her and sort of just help her, sharing biblical truth with her to help her get through this difficult time. A person with the gift of encouragement would probably come along and say, I just want you to know God sees what you're going through. God cares. God is with you. God is going to, he promises he'll bring good from all the things that happened to us. God is not going to abandon you. God is going to be there for you. There's still hope. This is not hopeless. A person with the gift of mercy would probably go over there and sit down and cry with her. A person with the gift of helps and service would probably walk over there and say, can I take your children and maybe just take care of them over here and give you a little bit of time. A person with a gift of hospitality would probably want to make sure she felt welcome. They'd probably walk over there and say, can I get you some water? Can I get you some coffee? Can I, I, I," you know, they, they would want to create an environment where she felt welcome and comfortable. A person who had a gift of giving might go, you know, what is she going to do financially? How's she going to make it? How's she going to pay her rent? How's she going to? take care of her kids and feed herself. And they would be, they'd want to get involved to help her figure out a financial plan. A person with the gift of administration would sit back and go, you know what, she needs every one of these things. We need to organize ourselves so that we can make sure that she doesn't fall through the cracks and all these things are taken care of. Every one of those people have a different set of spiritual eyes. They all see something different that matters to them, that they think really is the priority here. That's how the different gifts work. So what do you see? When you look at this church, when you're around people, what do you see? What stands out to you that sort of weighs on you? It it matters. You think this is important because that's one of the ways the Spirit of God manifests himself in your life is by giving you a set of eyes to see things that matter to you, That people without your gifts, don't necessarily see, does that make sense? A second question, what do you desire to do? What what would you enjoy doing? If you were a child of God and you were right with God and you were in fellowship with God, then one of the ways the Spirit of God manifests in your life is through those gifts that He's given you, He creates in you a desire for certain things. A spiritual gift will give you a desire in those areas where he wants you to serve. We're told in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For it is God who works in you to will. See the word will there? That's the word desire. So God works in you to desire and then to act or to do in order to fulfill his good purposes. Good works That he has before ordained that you should walk in. So God works in the life of his children to create in them the desire for what he wants done and then gives them the power to bring it to pass. So the spiritual gift that he's given to you will create in you a certain desire. There'll be things you really would like to do. Now that is so misunderstood by so many believers. There are so many people who are serving the Lord, not in an area where they really desire, but they got involved in ministry because they felt guilty. They felt like, well, somebody's got to do it. I don't really want to do it, but somebody's got to do it, so I guess I'll do it. And there's a lot of believers who are serving in roles that they really don't enjoy doing. They're drained by it. They don't really want to do it, but somebody's got to do it, and they're trying to be faithful. But that's not the will of God. Too many believers, too many churches function by trying to fill the ministry roles by basically motivating people by guilt. You've all, if you've been in church in your life, you've seen, you know what I'm talking about. One day the pastor stands up and makes an announcement to the church. He goes, you know what? We need a teacher for our seventh grade boys' Sunday school class. So how many of you would like to volunteer for that? Nobody raises their hand. Next Sunday, pastor stands up. He said, we still have a need for a seventh grade Sunday school teacher for our boys. Johnny, come up here. Calls little Johnny up. Here's little Johnny. Poor little Johnny. Nobody cares. Nobody's gonna teach little Johnny. Johnny. We need a teacher. Nobody moves. Pastor reaches down, pinches little Johnny. Little Johnny starts crying. <laughs> Finally, somebody goes, Pastor, Pastor, I'll do it. I'll do it. They sign up. They next week go in to teach little Johnny's class. They're not gifted to do that. They, it, it's a disaster. They don't enjoy it. Little Don, Johnny doesn't enjoy it. It's just such a drain, and then the person leaves that day going, just 51 more weeks. And that is not how God wants us to serve him. God wants us to serve him where we're gifted, and that gift creates in us a desire. So what do you see that you would like to do? What would you enjoy doing for God? So what do you see that needs to be done that really matters to you? And what do you enjoy? What would you enjoy doing? Those are some ways the Spirit of God is manifesting himself in you and through you. A third question. What do you have the ability to do? Because after all, a gift means that you have some abilities, right? So If you have a spiritual gift, you see something that needs to be done and it really matters to you, you have a desire to do something about that, you think you'd really enjoy doing that, and you have some abilities to do it. Because if you're gifted in that area, you're gonna be gifted to do something about it. Now that doesn't mean that you won't get better at it. We all have to grow in our skills. When when I first started preaching, I remember, you know, the first sermon I preached was better than I anticipated. So I thought, okay, this is not bad as I thought. I got up for the second sermon I ever preached, and I'm in, the, in that sermon, and I'm getting ready to quote passages that I've been quoting all my life. Like it says in John 3.16, and I couldn't remember what that verse said. And I stumbled, and I fumbled, and I got to the end of that sermon, and I thought, that's it, I will never do that again. We all have to grow and we all have to get better at it. But there ought to be some abilities there, some skills. I remember years ago that <clears throat> there was a, a young adult man in our church and uh, he was from South Texas and wonderful, godly, Christian young man because he was so dedicated to the Lord Some well-meaning people told him that, you know what, you probably ought to be in the ministry. So he moved to Dallas and he started going to Bible school. And he happened to end up at our church. And so the whole four years that he is in Bible school, he's at our church, and he was such a sweetheart. He was just a wonderful guy. He just had such a servant's heart. And he was the kind of guy that on Wednesday nights when we're having we were having Wednesday night meals. Man, he was just there and he was helping bring all the food out. And when it was over with, he's taking the dirty dishes back to the kitchen. He's helping wash dishes and set up tables, tear down tables. It's just He just did that naturally. He just was so sweet about it. It was not uncommon that he would go by a, a place, a restaurant during the week, buy some barbecue or something and bring it up to the church office and just say, I just wanted to buy lunch for you. Uh, up here at the church this week, and uh, he just did things like he just, the whole church was so blessed by him. But see, he'd been told by somebody that he needed to be a preacher. And I want to tell you, you didn't have to hear him talk for five minutes and you knew he is not supposed to be a preacher. Everybody knew he was supposed to not be a preacher except him. And so for four years, he studied, he got his degree, he tried to try to teach, and, man, every time he did that, he was stressed out. He, was, he, he didn't do a very good job. You know, people just suffered through it. And so he's getting toward the end of his, gra- his degree, and he's getting ready to graduate. He's put resumes out to just everywhere he can think of. He's not getting any open doors, no opportunities. One day he comes to see me. Sits in my office. He's all discouraged. He said, you know, I just feel like, you know, I'm supposed to be preaching and nobody's, no doors are opening. And so I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm not sure that's what you're gifted to do. Let me tell you what it is that I see that when you do it, people are really blessed. I said, you seem to have a magnificent gift of serving. men. you know, when you do this and you do this and you do this, Man, God really just uses you. And to my surprise, his face lit up like a Christmas tree. And he said, I love to do that. He said, preaching just drains me. He said, it makes me so nervous. He said, it just wears me out, stresses me to no end. But I love to serve. You see, when you find the area where you're gifted, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have some ability in those areas. So what do you see that you think needs to be done that matters to you? You have a desire to do something about it, and you have some abilities to do something. These are all the ways the Spirit of God is operating in your life, pointing that this is it. The last thing that I would say, the last question is, where is it that other people sort of point out to you that God is using you? In other words, God's people affirm to you that they see Jesus in you. They see the Spirit of God working through you when you do certain things. People walk up and say things like, man, I just want to tell you God really used you the other day to encourage me. Or God really used you when, when you were were there with me and some of the words you said, or man, God really used that lesson, or or whatever it might be that you, you do. Where do you see that God seems to use you and other people give you feedback that they are blessed by it? In other words, they were administered grace by the Holy Spirit through you, and they give you feedback. You'll also find that when you're gifted in certain areas and God's using you in those areas, then people who see you and know you will start, when they have a need for that, they'll start coming to you and say, can you help me with this? And they'll start inviting you and opening opportunities for you to do certain things. And so open doors of opportunity, people commenting that God has used you in those areas. And so when those things begin to happen, that's sort of a sign to you that the Spirit of God is working in your life. So what do you see that's really important, that matters to you? What do you have the desire to do? What do you have the abilities to do? And where is it that God seems to be at work through you in touching the lives of others? Now when you can answer those questions, what that will do is it will sort of put you in the ballpark. You're not likely going to get a telegram that says from God, this is your specific gift, and here's the ministry in the church where you use it. But you ought to have some general direction. And from that point, I just want to say, you really start learning specifically to refine what you are really gifted to do. You really learn to do that by trial and error. You just start serving in those areas. So now you take these four general questions and you, you think, okay, that gives me sort of a general direction. And so I'm praying. I'm asking God, what, what do you want me to do, God? And so then there comes a point when you just need to take a step of faith and say, I'm going to give it a try. And when you do, it may be scary. But if you are gifted in it, and if God, the Holy Spirit, is in that, what you'll begin to find is there'll be things about that that, boy, you really love. There may be some things that really sort of drain you. So down the road a little bit, you may say, you know, this is, I, I sort of see some things here that I really like, but it's not exactly it. But but maybe that ministry, maybe I could could do that, and then you start doing that. and And as you just Through the time, keep trying and refining and learning what do I, what am I good at, what am I not good at, where does God seem to use me, then you will become greater and greater refined into knowing what it is God has for you. When I I was a teenager, I was trying to serve the Lord as best I knew how. I was about 17 years old. I was trying to say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I knew that I wanted to help people. And so I decided that maybe I should be a medical doctor. Medical doctors had been very influential in my life. They had helped me an awful lot, some different times. So I thought maybe that's a way that I can help people. So I actually started the college in pre-med. In my first semester in college, I recognized that mm, I don't, this is not exactly it. But while I'm trying to do that, I'm always over here talking to people about the Lord. I'm doing devotionals for people. I'm speaking. I'm sharing my testimony. I'm talking to people about Jesus. And man, that just just energized me. And so after talking to some wise counsel, it suddenly became apparent to me that God, uh, this desire to help people was not in medical. It was in the spiritual area of their life. God was calling me to the ministry. So when I started the ministry, I thought I was going to be an evangelist. And so when I began preaching, I thought I would be an evangelist, and I started this itinerant ministry where I went from place to place to place to place preaching. Now, part of that was because nobody ever asked me to come back a second time, and so I had no choice but to move on. But I did some revivals, and I did weekend retreats, and I did an awful lot of sweetheart banquets for, for young people. And, but I, I preached at churches, and I did revivals and different things, and I did that for about two and a half years. After about two and a half years, I began to sort of be dissatisfied with that because I never got to really see if there was any change in anybody's life. Even if people made decisions, I never got to go back and see, what well, did any growth really happen. So I began to think maybe, maybe what I'm really wired to do is to be a pastor where I'm investing in the same people and I'm getting to see change in their lives. It was about that time that God opened the door for me to begin to pastor my first church. And so when I was 21 years old, I became the pastor of my first church. So there were things about it that I loved, but I had no clue what I was really gifted to do, or what I should be operating, what gifts I should be operating in. I just thought now I'm the pastor of the church, I'm supposed to do everything. And so I began for that first four and a half years in that ministry, I tried to do everything that needed to be done in the church. I was at everything, I tried to do everything. I was the pastor, I was the youth pastor, I was the part time, you know, dog catcher, I was everything. And, and I tried to do it all. And, and here's the thing. I, I worked real hard. I was really part-time, but I worked full-time at it, which meant I got paid part-time, but I worked full-time. But I wanted to, okay? They didn't ask me to do that. I desired to do that. And so I just gave all my time to that, and I tried to be everything to everybody. I tried to meet every need. I tried to do every ministry. But here's the thing. When that happened... I wasn't very good at everything. So there were some things that I was doing that I was not very good at, and so occasionally somebody might criticize something I was doing or something that I didn't do right. And it could be the simplest little thing, don't, nothing, but it would hurt my feelings so bad that I would feel like that maybe God's finished with me here. Nobody respects me. Nobody appreciates me. You know, I would think I was suffering for the Lord. I would think, you know, so persecuted, they the prophets who were before me, I'm just suffering as the man of God, you know. <laughs> I'd get this martyr's complex. I'd be all discouraged. I would think maybe, maybe I just need to move on. Nobody cares. Nobody appreciates it. And part of the problem was that I was doing things that I was not gifted to do. And then when I wasn't very good at it, I got drained by it. I got hurt. I'd love to tell you that I was a quick learner and that I learned, but that whole first church, I tried to do everything. When I was 25 years old, God called me to become the pastor of this church, and I came to this church, and for the first year and a half, I continued the same thing, trying to do everything that I thought needed to be done. One day after a year and a half, I just recognized I can't do everything. The needs are too great. I'm not good at everything, so I can't do it all. So I remember I said one day, God, I can't do everything. What do you want me to do? And just crystal clear, the thought came to my mind. God said, well, what have I gifted you to do? What I've gifted you to do must be what I want you to do or I wouldn't have given you those gifts. And what I've gifted you to do must be what this church needs or I'd have sent somebody with some different gifts. So what are you gifted to do? So I began to evaluate my life, my ministry. I've gone now from thinking I was gonna be a doctor to thinking I was gonna be a preacher to thinking I'd be an evangelist to thinking now I'm a pastor to who could do everything now to a pastor who recognizes, well, what are you specifically gifted to do? And so with that, I realized I was going to have to give up some things. And I thought when I give up these things, boy, the church is really going to suffer. That's what I thought. But I can't do it all. And so one of the things that uh, I had been doing was for a year and a half, I had been visiting every senior adult in the church every month. And I loved it. It was fun. I'd go... They'd give me a piece of cake or pie, and I'd have a cup of coffee, and we'd sit on the porch and rock, and we'd just talk. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it was very time-consuming, as you might would imagine. And so as I'm saying, well, what am I gifted to do? God, what do you want me to do that's really going to move the kingdom forward? I just realized, well, that's not something that really is that I can do. So I stopped doing it. And I knew when I did it that I was gonna catch it, and about six weeks later, one of the deacons came to see me, and uh, after a few minutes of small talk, said, Pastor, I want you to know I've been getting some phone calls from some of our senior adults who said the pastor hadn't been by to see me lately, and I said, well, they're right, I haven't, but it's not because I don't love them or because I don't care Really, it's just I can't do everything. Do you know anybody in our church who might be interested in working with senior adults? And he said, well, now that you mention it, Betty Goss has said that she, she would like to do that. So I called Miss Betty Goss on the phone, and I said, Miss Betty, would you have any interest in working with senior adults? And she said, oh, I would love to do that. She said, but I hadn't been doing it because I thought, well, the pastor's doing it. And after all, I can't do it as good as he does it. Well, I want to tell you, when Miss Betty Goss took that over, she did not only better than the preacher, she did infinitely better than the preacher. She started having parties for them. She started taking them to the grocery shopping, taking them to the doctor. She started ministering to them in ways that I'd never even thought about doing. They were so glad I gave that up. But you see, when I was doing something I wasn't gifted to do, I was keeping somebody in the church who was gifted to do that, I was keeping them from doing what God had called them to do. So, what is God gifting you to do? When you serve the Lord where you're gifted, it's one of the most joyful things you can imagine. Not that it's not exhausting, not that you don't sometimes get tired, but when you do it and you see God work through you, it energizes you. It is liberating because you can suddenly recognize God doesn't want me to do everything. So you have the right to say no to some things so that you can say yes to the things God has gifted you to do because he wants you to serve him where he gifted you. It is motivating Because when you begin to serve the Lord where you're gifted, you will begin to grow spiritually like never before in your life. And there's some of you here that are not growing spiritually. Some watching right now, you sort of really have reached a point in your life where you're not growing like you you know you need to. And maybe the missing element is you're not serving others. Because when you start serving others where you're gifted and you try to help them grow spiritually spiritually, You will grow spiritually. So, where are you gifted? So, what I'm going to ask you to do is if you are not currently using the gifts God's given you as a child of God to serve His people, then you need to do that. Don't miss out on the things that God has created you to do. Now, We want to create an opportunity for you to do that, to try. So in the seat somewhere on the row where you are, there should be a card. What I'm going to ask you to do is if you're not currently involved in a ministry, then answer these questions. What What do you think is important? What do you see that needs to be done that's important? What do you think you might have a desire to do? You think you might have some talent and gifts in those areas? Maybe you've heard people use, say that God's used you when you do certain things. Look at those options on that card and then pick one. And what we want to do is to give you an opportunity to try it for about three or four weeks, okay? And if at the end of three or four weeks you realize it's not me, you can walk away without... Realize, you're not trapped, this is not an eternal commitment, it's just three or four weeks, I want to try this. And in the process of that, you may find some things out that you really like, some things you don't like. And so at the end of three or four weeks, back up and say, can I try something else? And through trial and error, you will find ultimately where God has gifted you and created you to serve. We all need to do that. I want you to bow your heads. I want to ask you to fill out that card, take a step of faith, and give it a try for three or four weeks in the month of May. If you'll take that card and fill it out today, pick one option and drop it in the offering boxes as you make your way out. We'll contact you very soon. and Start talking to you about how you can get involved for three or four weeks in the month of May. Give it a try and see what God may want you to do. Maybe you're here today or you're watching right now and you don't necessarily know that you even have a relationship with God. I mean, you you believe in God, but you don't really know God. Do you know that the Bible says this is eternal life, that you might know God and His Son, Jesus Christ? Eternal life, God is the source of life. And when you're connected to God and you have a relationship with God, you have life, eternal life. But the Bible tells us in Romans 6, 23, it says the wages of our sin is death. You see, our sin cuts us off from God. Our sin cuts us off from the life that's in God, and therefore the Bible says we are dead spiritually, cut off, separated from God. And the Bible tells us that there is nothing humanly possible that we can do to restore that connection to God. But the good news is that God loves you so much that God himself paid the price and made a way for the connection to be restored between you and God. God was in Jesus, the Bible says, reconciling the world to himself. God was restoring the connection in his son, Jesus. He did that by sending Jesus who hung upon a cross and God took every sin that you've ever committed that cuts you off from God, that brought death to you spiritually. And God took your sins and he put it upon Jesus at the cross. And Jesus died in your place as a substitute for you. And he paid completely. Completely. the price that you deserved, the judgment you deserved for sin. But on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And when God raised Jesus from the dead, it was God announcing that the payment Jesus made was enough, that his death had been accepted as payment for your sin. And now the Bible says, to as many as receive Jesus, to them he gives the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God offers you a gift today. The gift is his son, Jesus. Jesus and to as many as receive Jesus into your life, you will trust him, you will rely upon him, you will cry out to him and say, I need you to save me from my sins. If you will ask him to save you and take your life and make you a child of God, then instantaneously you will be given eternal life, a relationship with God all of your sins will be forgiven. You will become a dwelling place of the living God will come to live in you and he will supernaturally gift you for a purpose and plan for which you were created and much, much more. And all of it is a gift, but you have to intentionally, purposefully receive the gift. And you do that by asking for it. So if you would like become a child of God right now, you can ask Jesus by praying a prayer like this. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know that I have sinned. I've sinned a lot. And my sins have cut me off from you. And I know there's nothing I can do about it. I'm hopeless without you. But I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And you accepted his payment and demonstrated that by raising him from the dead. So Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. I receive you as the gift of God. I want you. Save me from my sins. Make me a child of God. And give me eternal life and a relationship with God. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, then I want to welcome you to the family of God. You just received Jesus Christ. And the Bible says you received the gift of God, and that's eternal life. So everything has just changed for you. You just were forgiven of your sins. God's Holy Spirit just came to live within you. You just got a brand new start in life and so much more. And we as a church would like to help you know what to do next. That's the reason the church exists, is to help you get to know God better. So if you prayed that prayer with me, would you take the gray card that's in the seat back in front of you, and would you fill that out and check the box that says, today, I prayed to ask Jesus to save me from my sins. And when you walk out, there's some offering boxes on either side of the auditorium. Just drop the card in the offering box. We'll contact you this week and set up a time at your convenience to try to help you begin to understand what just, what great things just happened to you. Let us do that, we'd love to. Maybe you'd like to join our church, take the gray card, check, we'd like to pursue membership of the church, we'll contact you this week, explain the simple process of how you do that. Maybe you're our guest here today. I hope that you were blessed by coming. And if that's the case, then if you wouldn't mind taking the blue card in the seat back in front of you, just filling that out, take you about 10 seconds, just drop it in the offering box. I promise we're not gonna bombard you we're not going to sign you up for something that's, you know, you can't get off of. We just want to connect with you and just say thank you for coming. Hope that you'll do that for us. Hope that you will take that card that's in the seat there. And if you haven't been serving and you would like to try, take that card. Check one of those things that you'd like to try in the month of May. Drop it in the offering box and we'll contact you this week to help get that process started for you to begin to serve the Lord and find where you're gifted. Be sure and give your offerings to the Lord as you make your way out. And before you go, I've got some great news. We have 11 people who are joining the church today. Such great news. Uh, we had a number of them joining the first service, but I want to introduce to you Rick and Maria Skotsky. Where are you all at? There we are back here, right on the back. Thank you all. We are so delighted to have you. Welcome to our church family. We're so delighted. We also have Ray and Helen Rodriguez. I know they're, there they are, right down here, Ray and Helen. These sweet folks are longtime members of our church many years ago. Church moved off and left them, and now they've come back. And so here they are today, and so they're coming back to reconnect with us, and we're just delighted that God has sent you to us. So God bless you and thank you for coming. Thank you so much for being here today. Let's all stand together. We're going to be dismissed. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you've not only made us your kids, but you've given us a purpose in life. And you give us the desire to fulfill those purposes. You give us the gifts to do it. You give us the power to do it. And then one of these days when we stand before you, you're going to reward us for what you've done through us. You are an amazing God. I pray today for everyone here, everyone watching, that they would begin to serve you where they're gifted to serve. So that one day when they stand before you, they might truly hear you say, well done good and faithful servant. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Thank you for coming.